The first reading is taken from John 12, verses 20 to 36, and can be found on page 1080 of your church Bibles. <coughs> Jesus predicts his death. Now, there were some Greeks among those who went to worship at the feast. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, with a request. Sir, they said, we would like to see Jesus. Philip went to tell Andrew. Andrew and Philip, in turn, told Jesus. Jesus replied, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. I tell you the truth, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only one single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. The man who loves his life will lose it, while the man who hates his life in this world will keep it, it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant also will be. My father will honor the one who serves me. Now my heart is troubled, <coughs> and what shall I say? Sorry. <coughs> Now my heart is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. No, it was for this very reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice from heaven, I have glorified it and will glorify it again. The crowd that was there and heard it said it had thundered. Others said an angel had spoken to him. Jesus said, this voice was for your benefit, not mine. Now is the time for judgment on this world. Now the prince, the prince of this world will be driven out. But I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all men to myself. He said this to show the kind of death he was going to die. The crowd spoke up. We have heard from the law that the Christ will remain forever so how can you say the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is this Son of Man? Then Jesus told them, You are going to have the light just a little while longer. Walk while you have the light before the darkness overtakes you. The man who walks in the dark does not know where he is going. Put your trust in the light while you have it, so that you may become sons of light. When he had finished speaking, Jesus left and hid himself from them. This is the word of the Lord. Can you hear me? Great. Good morning. So, uh, if you've been here for this past few weeks, you know we've been going through a book um, called The Grace of Waiting by Margaret Whip. Waiting. Waiting takes up time, doesn't it? And time means patience something that sometimes we're lacking in a lot. 
waiting. And we've been looking at how we wait in prayer throughout different seasons of our life. And, and the sermons can be heard on the church website if you need to catch up on them. But today we are looking at the season of winter. I thought initially a few weeks ago that I would be coming in a t-shirt. Um, perhaps not shorts, but something that would be nice and light. And instead, instead, here I am, you know, wrapped up in a woolly cardigan. We never know when, when winter is going to come in this country. And it's so also with the seasons of our soul. We never know when something terrible is going to happen, when we go through a season of loss and a season of winter. Winter covers the period when we experience the loss of something or someone, a bereavement of some time, of some sort, leading to a time of darkness, and we face a long, lonely winter of grieving. It can come at any time of our lives, and it can even come many times in our lives. We may have lost someone through death or through changing circumstances. We may have that sense of bereavement. Our life may have turned around dramatically. Or perhaps health issues make things change in our lives. And now we face an empty chair in the corner or an empty diary on the desk or the lack of strength, just doing those normal things that you used to do. And this long road of grief can be a slow process. Usually there is no turning back, but there is a, a slow um, dawning revelation that we need to find some way of going on living. So how do we face these trials of winter? And what does the Bible teach us? How do we prepare for what inevitably each one of us is going to go through? It's a serious subject. I'm sorry it's going to be so, so serious today. <laughs> but it's something that we all have to learn. Our passage that was read about Jesus was facing his season of winter. It was in his last life, his last week of life on this earth. He'd, he'd come into Jerusalem a few days before. The crowds had been shouting, Hallelujah, Hosanna. But Jesus knew what lay ahead. If you look at John chapter 12, page 1080 of the Bible, John chapter 12, it shows us in verse 27, Jesus said the hour has come for the son of man to be glorified he knew what was going to happen he knew the death that he was going to live have to lead remember 
he was troubled. He tells us he was troubled. He didn't want it to happen. He tells us in Matthew, it's recorded that he said, my father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Perhaps you felt like that. You don't want to go through this time of darkness, of loss and bereavement. But we have to find encouragement because Jesus went through it as well. He went through these dark times. He was human, just like us. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus was rooted in his faith. He knew his scriptures. He knew what was predicted for his death. He knew the winter had come. Look at verse 23. The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Not many of us, I suggest, have got huge gardens at our houses in South Sea, but little square plots of grass like we have in our garden. So not many of us have these huge big trees that I want us to think of. Try and picture the most massive tree that you can picture growing beside a lake or beside a river. I was thinking of the weeping willow. And I read that the weeping willow can grow up to 90 feet tall. And the vast canopy that it has. But from what we see as it grows up, it also grows down. And it has 90 feet, can grow up to 90 feet of root system as well, primary root system. Then it has all those secondary root systems as well, where we find um, pavements being cracked and houses being destroyed and things because of the tree system. But the primary roots go right down, right down into the depths. The psalmist in Psalm 1 picks a wonderful picture of the person who delights in God, who meditates on God's word, and it describes them as being like a tree planted by streams of water, which is able to dig deep, whose roots are able to sustain it and bring forth its fruit in season. We need to dig deep. We need to grow our roots down in preparation for the winter season if we haven't already experienced it. Dig deep into God's word. Take that time of waiting with God, growing in our relationship with him. May we be rooted in our faith like the tree. And then we look at Jesus. Jesus tells us in verse 27 that he's troubled. He shares his feelings with his disciples. He tells them he's going to die. Verse 23 and 24, I tell you the truth, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. 
He shares his burdens, his feelings with his disciples. He doesn't have the British stiff upper lip that so often we tend to have. He's like the tree. Look at the trees out along the common where the wind blows in from the sea. You can see they're bent over, but they're not broken. They haven't cracked in two. We often are broken or we're, we're blasted from all sides, battered, bruised, and sometimes we feel we can take no more of what's going on in life. But do we need to be like Jesus, have those roots deep, have those friends to share things with, to keep us resilient throughout the trials and tribulations. And day by day, Jesus consciously spent time and relied on his heavenly father. And his heavenly father is our heavenly father. Isn't that wonderful? The creator of heaven and earth is our heavenly father. And we can take our strength from him. And as members of God's body, as a family here at St. Jude's, we can share one another's burdens. Remember Jesus, when he was praying in Gethsemane, he asked the disciples to stay awake, to be with him. May each of us stay awake and be with one another, sharing our lives with one another, helping each other along and supporting one another. You probably know that every month, the second Saturday of every month, we have a bereavement drop-in here in church. And it's for anybody who has experienced loss in any way. It's anybody from church, but it's also open to the community. And people come in off the streets sometimes. It's a time to share with others, to listen to one another, and just to help one another and encourage and support one another when, with those who are suffering loss. A few years ago, we regularly had a lady who came in on her scooter, her motor scooter, and uh, she suffered from motor neuron disease. And she was grieving the loss of being able to do all the normal things that most of us can do. She came for a couple of years regularly, month by month, until her body started to seize up and she could do, no longer get here. And it was a real privilege that I had to be able to go and spend time with her and visit her at home and pray with her before she finally died. Other people come in to the bereavement drop-in and just come maybe a couple of times and we never see them again. Still some others come regularly, month by month, over the years. And it's just such a delight for the team to see them as their confidence and their resilience grows as they battle through their period of winter. Many find that through the period of winter and suffering in their lives, it's a time when they get close to God. They have to rely on him, get those roots down deep into his word. 
The book of Isaiah in the Old Testament is often referred to as the fifth gospel. It's full of encouragement. And in Isaiah 40, verse 31, it says, Those who hope in the Lord shall renew their strength. And just reading a little bit passage from the book, um, The Grace of Waiting. It says, Margaret says, The Christian faith is not backward looking, but it is an active practice of walking with God day by day, having our living relationship with him. The result of that is an enduring strength for the present and renewed energy for the future. As the rest of that verse in Isaiah 40 says, they shall mount up with wings like eagles, They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Hallelujah. Isn't that fantastic? For those who are going through that hard time, just read that verse, Isaiah 40, um, verse 31. You shall renew your strength. The Lord shall renew your strength. So be rooted in your faith. Be resilient and don't let that winter storm break you as you allow God and others to be with you throughout. And finally, the winter can be long, but we've got the hope of spring. Renewal will come. Remember that waiting that time of prayer, waiting, that time of prayer takes time, takes patience, and we need to have that patience. We need to be intentional and waiting for the renewal of God's spring in our lives. Verse 24 in John 12. Unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. We can be renewed as we come to the realization that the future will never simply be a return to the past, but God can bring about new things, new deeper insights, new spiritual blessings that are tucked away in the dark clouds of grief. And of course, ultimately, as Christians, we have that hope of renewal, of a new life, of that eternal life with him in heaven. Billy Graham tells of a story which happened very early on in his ministry. And he arrived in a small town to preach a sermon. So wanting to post a letter, he asked a young boy the way to the post office. When the boy had told him, Billy Graham thanked him and said, if you come to the church meeting tonight, you can hear me telling everyone how to get to heaven. And the young lad answered, I don't think I will be there. You don't even know the way to the post office. Do you know the way to heaven? 
John 12, verse 35. The man who walks in the dark does not know where he is going. Put your trust in the light while you have it, so that you may become sons of light. Now, like you, some of us, unless Jesus returns, most of us, all of us, are going to end up in a box. And one day, I'm assuming that my box is just going to be there, right there. I've asked Mike to take the funeral, by the way. And you're going to sing, you're going to sing lots and lots of songs at it if you're going to be there. Because my winter will have ended and my spring will have begun in a new life. But I hope my family will love me enough that actually it'll be a time of grief and a time of winter for them. My mother, 19 years ago, was diagnosed with terminal bowel cancer. She had been brought up in a, a Christian home and my mum and dad both had a strong Christian faith. So from a very early age, I had a relationship with the Lord Jesus. But my mum, at the end of her life, found it difficult to think about dying. She was really concerned about coming before Jesus, the judge, and Jesus not allowing her into heaven. And no matter how much we talked to her, no matter how much we prayed with her, no matter how much we read the scriptures with her and explained that nobody can get into heaven except through the righteousness of our Lord Jesus and through his death on the cross, paying that penalty for our sins. I regret to say that those last few days of her life were not happy. She was in distress, and it, it was a real period of winter for us, us as a family. But I want to read you some verses that were given to my sister-in-law after my mum died. And it comes from Zephaniah. It's found on page 947 in the Old Testament. My sister-in-law had never read the book of Zephaniah. She didn't even know actually how to pronounce Zephaniah. But God gave her these words. Starting Zephaniah chapter 3, starting at verse 14. Sing, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O Israel. Be glad. And rejoice with all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away your punishment. He has turned back your enemy 
the Lord, the King of Israel, is with you. Never again will you fear any harm. On that day they will say to Jerusalem, Do not fear, O Zion. Do not let your hands hang limp. The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. We knew my mum had gone to be with the Lord. God had taken away her punishment. Never again need she fear any harm. God loved her. God rejoiced over her and he gathered her home. She has been renewed. That's why you can have lots of singing at my funeral if you're going to be here. <laughs> he will rejoice over us. So as we go through that winter season, we can come through it with a renewed sense of purpose, a new closer relationship with Jesus. And for those who have yet to experience the winter season, then prepare for it in advance. Put your roots down like the tree. Be strong, be resilient, as our Christian faith brings us through to hope and glory. Great is thy faithfulness is a well-known hymn. And there's one particular line in it that says, strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow. Do you have that hope, that faith to see you through a period of winter? Do you know the way to heaven? Now, I'm not going to ask everybody to close their eyes and to put your hand up if you want to start on that journey. Or if you want to have the reassurance that yes, you are on the way to heaven. To have that assurance that my mum lost in those last few days in her morphine-filled body and mind. But if there is something that's been troubling you, do go. I will be in the prayer tent afterwards and any other ones who are going to be there in the prayer team. Do come ask for prayer at the end of the service so that we can have that hope and that faith to encourage us through our day-to-day -day walk with Jesus. Amen.